Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Uh, I'm going to pray for the message. I'm going to pray for all of our hearts um, and just focus our minds together and allow the Spirit of God to speak to us today. Um, Like we've been doing the last few weeks, if you are here today and you are saying, you know, I need a word from God. I need God to speak to me. Um, I need to hear something today. I need God to work in my life. Uh, Then why we pray this, uh, I want you just to fully engage yourself in this prayer by uh, putting your hand over your heart, by raising your hand, by doing whatever it is you need to do that, that shows yourself uh, a step of action that, that shows to you yourself that I am in agreement with what is being prayed. And God, I am here. This prayer is like I'm praying it myself. So let's pray together. And if you want all that God has for you today, let's pray this together. Uh, Father, we just, we just thank you um, for our time together today. God, you see these hearts. You see every person in this room. And we are in anticipation of all that you have for us today. We don't ever want to come to church and just play church and be good churchy people, Father, but we desire to meet you, to encounter you, and to leave uh, changed and transformed by you, your life, and your goodness. So, Father, I thank you that, that you put your words into my heart my mouth, and I say only what you want said. And, Father, I thank you as well that our hearts are open to receive all that you have for us today. Uh, May you speak, may you move, and may you truly do a work that only you can do in this place today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said, amen. Amen. Uh, Open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah, is where we're going to start off today. And we're moving into Christmas time. Well, I mean, we're already, we're we're basically two weeks and a day away from Christmas. Is anybody, like, done Christmas prep, okay, you're those people, those people, you're those people. Brenda, you're that person. Is there anybody here that loves to leave their Christmas stuff to the very end? I love to. Like, my stuff will be done, but if I'm being truthful, I love going into the chaos of Christmas Eve. I, I, I think it's actually a little twisted because I'll be done all my stuff but I love going and watching all the chaos that's happening at the mall. And there's no pressure on me because I'm already done. I just love to watch what everybody else puts themselves through leaving until last minute. Oh my goodness. I think secretly I'm judging them. I'm just getting a revelation from the Lord. The, the Lord's revealing some things to my heart right now. I repent of my wickedness, Father. I do, I do love going out on Christmas Eve, though. Chris, like, the 23rd, the 24th, I love just to go in the mall and, like, sit down and eat Chinese food and just watch. Just watch people. Is there anybody else? Am I alone? We can pray together. We can start a support group. Me and you, come on. We'll, we'll pray after church together. God corrects our hearts. Um, you know, it's a time of year where we're, we're moving towards Christmas. Two weeks in a day. Oh, my gosh. I realized it when Jacob was saying, the Christmas Eve service is on the 24th. That's two weeks from today. And I was like, wow, we're like really moving towards Christmas. And, you know, everybody's been having Christmas parties. Who's had a Christmas party of some kind already? Yep, they just like pop up 
and you're like, it's time for this Christmas party, and, and you start buying Christmas presents, and you have all these Christmassy thoughts, and, and uh, at church, in the church world, we love to focus on Jesus, because Christmas is about when Jesus came down from heaven. And so I was looking at Isaiah chapter 9 this week, and I want to read this together with you. And um, actually, before we start there, I want, I want to back up to chapter 8, and I want to read something that um, I saw this morning, and I told the Lord that if he reminded me of it before I started preaching, that I would read this portion of scripture, because I feel like it's for somebody here. I'm not going to make a lot of comments. I'm not going to probably make any comments on it because it's very self-explanatory. Uh, Isaiah chapter 8, verse uh, 12, 13, and the beginning of 14. I just saw this this morning. It jumped out. It literally jumped out uh, from the page to my eyes. And I was like, oh my goodness. It says this, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. And don't live in dread of what frightens them. Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble. He will keep you safe. That's all I'm going to say about that. If that scripture ministered to you, I think you should underline it. I think you should highlight it. I think you should circle words in it. I think you should make a note of it and then go back and look at it later because I feel like, I told the Lord, because usually what happens is I'll find a scripture I'll see something, and, and if it doesn't come back to my mind, I know that it probably wasn't God. But it's been sitting in my spirit ever since this morning when I came across it, when probably most of you were at home snugly in your beds dreaming of wonderful dreams. Uh, and the Lord showed it to me, and so I told God, I said, I will, uh, if you want me to say this, remind me of it. And so he reminded me, even while I was talking about being a terrible person at Christmas time and judging people, he said, go read that passage of scripture. So there we go. Go, go take your time and go study through that. Back to Isaiah chapter 9. So what I was saying was at Christmas time, we love to focus on Jesus and him coming down from heaven to earth and, and beginning the work of his earthly ministry and the work of him moving to the, towards the cross. But uh, Christmas time is when we celebrate his birth. And so Isaiah chapter 9 is a passage that really... Uh, uh, spotlights the work of Jesus and what he was coming to do. Uh, and I'm going to work our way through. I'm going to read the first seven verses, but I'm really going to focus on a different verse than you probably would think of. Uh, verse 1 in the New Living Translation says, Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. That's good news, isn't it? The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. This is talking about when Jesus came and he walked the earth. This is the place where he walked. It says this, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Do you ever read the scriptures and just say to yourself, I feel like this, even though it was written about Jesus coming, I can still see how this verse and this passage applies today. Right? We're, here we are looking at this scripture. talks about how the people who walk in darkness, we live in a world where people walk in darkness. They live in darkness. It says, those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And that light is Jesus Christ. Amen? 
It says, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and are like warriors dividing the plunder. Uh, Verse four says, for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniform bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. Verse six then says this, for... A child is born to us, and a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called. Now, he's talking about Jesus here. It says, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity, the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make it happen. Everybody said amen. amen. So I was reading through this, and I was actually, over the next couple of weeks, what I wanted to do was break down, moving towards Christmas Eve, I wanted to begin to talk about Jesus being our wonderful counselor, about him being our mighty God, about him being our everlasting father, and him being the prince of peace. But I got stuck in verse 4, and I believe today that God is wanting to do some things in hearts and lives. And that's why, you know, I've been intentional the last couple Sundays we've gathered to remind you before we move into the message that it's not just me up here talking because I like to talk, because truthfully, I don't really like to talk up here. Uh, I don't like a lot of attention, and I don't like, this isn't my natural desire. It's not like I have something else, like, if I could do anything, what would I do? Oh, I'd go stand on a stage and talk in front of people. Okay, that's not my heart's desire. Um, And so when we gather, I always want you to, I, I want to remind you that here we are gathered together in the house of God, because this is a church, and a church is a gathering of his people in his house. And so when we gather in his house, the Bible says we're two or three of us gather in his name, that he is here in our midst. And so if he is here in our midst, then that means that he brings all that he is with him and that he can do what we need to have done in our hearts and our lives. Amen. And so I've been intentional about reminding us that as we gather, hey, don't just sit here and listen to me talk, but pull on the spirit of God, pull on what he wants to say to you because even in my natural words I cannot tell you the amount of times when I've been up here preaching just moving along saying stuff and people come up to me after the service and say you know when you said this and this and this and I say I never said that I didn't say those words they're like yeah you you were talking about this and you said this and what happens is is when you're pulling on the spirit of God he begins to speak directly to you and reveal things to you Jesse that that you need that I don't even know or know how to say but he's speaking through me to you so as we gather I encourage you today to say God I'm listening for you to speak to me today and I want to hear what you want to say to me today and I want you to do what you want to do in me today so here we are in verse 4 and it says this for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders you will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian I think if I had a title for today's message it would be this Jesus the yoke breaker the burden lifter and the oppressor destroyer. That's a great title to have. Oh, I'm Jesus, 
the yoke breaker, the burden lifter, the oppressor destroyer. Oh, I'm Jacob. Nice to meet you. I think so often we forget the powerful work of the cross. You know, when you watch superhero movies, who watches a good superhero movie? Superheroes always have very descriptive names, don't they? They're like the Avengers. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, we avenge people. Ah, oh, pretty descriptive name. I think sometimes we get too familiar with the name of Jesus and think, oh, Jesus is just a name, like Jacob or Jen or Ella or Rich. Just a name. But Jesus, his name is Jesus Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. And we forget the work that he came to do in our lives. And the work that he came to do was to destroy the yoke that many of us are attached to, to lift the heavy burdens that many of us walk around on our backs that are causing us to stand hunched over and to destroy, and he already destroyed the oppressor in our life. I love this verbiage. We've talked a lot, actually, this year about yokes. I think I preached a message a couple months ago called the donkey and the ox. We were talking about the scripture. It talks about how you can't yoke together a donkey and an ox. And Jesus here, in case you don't know what a yoke is, a, a yoke, I mean, it's not like farmers still use yokes in North America, really. We have machinery and we have fancy stuff. Other parts of the world, they still use yokes, but here we don't. So you might not really know what a yoke is. And a yoke is... In this time and in this context, a yoke was a piece of wood that would go across two animals' backs and allow them to work together in tandem. And so when Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus, you know, we love to focus on verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of... Like, we love to focus on that, but let's just back up a bit and look at this, and let's look at what he will do. It says, he will break the yoke of our slavery. See, uh, what it's talking about here is that the thing that many of us is yoked to, the things that we are yoked to, is things that we are in bondage to. And it says that Jesus will come along and break that yoke. He will destroy that yoke. And I love the picture. In my mind, I picture Jesus walking over and just taking off this yoke. And they were, they were made out of big pieces of wood, thick wood. And Jesus just takes it and snaps it like Bo Jackson did a bat over his knee. <laughs> Bo Jackson used to play baseball years ago. And he was known for breaking bats over his knee he didn't hit the ball like you wanted to hit the ball. But in my mind and in my heart, I picture Jesus coming over to many of his followers, many of his children, his sons and daughters, who are still yoked together to things in their life that is causing them to be a slave to it. And he takes this yoke off of their shoulders and just snaps it and says, I am breaking the yoke of slavery in your life. There's so many different things 
that we can find ourselves a slave to. You can be a slave to fear. You can be a slave to addiction of many kinds. You can be yoked together with anxiety and depression and sickness of many kinds. And all of these things that you could be yoked to that are not of him, but cause you to be a slave to them, Jesus came and broke that yoke. But it doesn't just stop there. It goes on and he says, you will lift the heavy burden from them. I think many of us know that Jesus has broken that yoke, but for many of us, we still walk around with the heavy burden, the shame from the things that we were yoked together with attached to our back, causing us to walk around. And it says, I'm not just going to break the thing that you are a slave to in your life, but I am also going to come along and remove the heavy burden of guilt and shame in your life so that you can be free. I love how God didn't come just to give us partial freedom, but he gave us complete freedom. Let me, let me end the work of the enemy's uh, work in your life completely and wholly. I'm not just going to end your slavery, but I'm also going to remove the thing that keeps you bound down and hunched over, the weight that you're under. I'm going to take that weight off your life. You don't have to walk around with a heavy burden on your shoulders anymore. Mm. the oppressor's rod that he breaks, you will break the oppressor's rod. I think of the children of Israel in Egypt when they were in slavery and they were under oppression and these slave drivers would be out there with whips and with sticks beating them, making them work. Get back to work, get back to work, get back to work. And Jesus came. This prophecy is about Jesus saying that he will break the oppressor's rod. And he just takes that whip out of there. And he's like, give me that thing. Give me that thing. That's not yours anymore. Give me that stick. Give me that switch. Just like, you know, just like the bigger guy in any situation. Jesus is the biggest guy in any situation in your life. That's, that's a really simple way to say that. And maybe you're like, you're making light of Jesus. I'm not. I'm trying to help you see that in any situation in your life that you're dealing with, that you've got the biggest guy in the world in your corner. So it doesn't matter what you're fighting or what you're dealing with. You can always say, listen, you just picked with the wrong person because you don't know who I got in my corner. <laughs> you don't know who is standing right over there and you done made him mad and here he comes now. You just picked on the wrong person. <laughs> I got this picture. <laughs> there's, there's this movie. Sorry, Steve, I just kicked your microphones. There's this movie. I can't even remember what it is. And there's this, there's, 
Oh, it's prop time. <laughs> There's this movie, and um, what movie is it? Oh, it doesn't even matter. There's a fight happening, and it's one guy, and he's working his way through, like, all these, oh, it's like a rock movie. It's a rock movie. Of course it's a rock movie. And he's like, he's got to go collect something from somebody. And so he's in the, he walks in, he's like, I need to get this. The guy's like, no. He's like, you can't have it. He makes fun of him. And the rock's like, you don't know who you mess with. So they start fighting, and the rock has to fight through one person after another person after another person. And then you see in the corner, there's this dude sitting on a couch, and this bro is big. And he has, like, he's, like, just sitting there, and he's sitting, and he's, he's not even, he's got something draped over his shoulders. Like, it's not even, he's so big, he's not, he can't even, like, wear, like, a normal coat. It's just draped over his shoulders. And he's watching The Rock beat up everybody else. And he's making his way through. And then he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's watching, he's watching. And then as The Rock comes close, this guy just gets up and just shrugs off his coats just falls to the ground, and you see this guy's muscles. And you're like, oh my goodness, this guy is done for. And I want to remind you in the most simple way that in your life, Jesus is the, he is the yoke breaker. He is the burden lifter, and he is the oppressor destroyer. And he's coming into your life, and he's getting up. He's like, I am here to work in your life. I'm here to break the yoke of your slavery. That thing that you are attached to, that you don't need to be attached to, and that you shouldn't be attached to, I'm going to take it off your back and I'm going to break it over my knee. And after I'm done with that, I'm going to remove the heavy burden that you feel. I'm going to take that thing off you. You don't need to carry that burden any longer. You don't need to be under that weight any longer because I'm setting you completely free. I don't give you partial freedom. I give you complete freedom. And then, in fact, I'm not just done there. I'm also going to go find that thing that was bullying you, and I'm going to go over there and show him who's boss. And I'm going to take his stick from him. I'm going to take his whip from him and say, you can't have this anymore because I am here. Isn't that great news? It says this, and Pastor Blake actually referred to this passage of Scripture this morning during pre-service prayer. It says, you're going to break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. I don't know if you know who the Midianites were, but... If you go back to the book of Judges and read about Gideon in chapters 6 and 7 and 8, the children of Israel had been oppressed by the Midianites for seven years. And the story of Gideon is a wonderful story where, where Gideon is like the least of the least of the least. And he is so scaredy cat that he's hiding in a wine press because he doesn't want anybody to see him like chopping up his flour to make, make bread. And God comes and speaks to him and says, hey, I'm going to use you to deliver my people. You guys have been oppressed long enough and I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to bring salvation. And Gideon, I'm going to use you the least of the least of the least. And Gideon has a conversation, which to me is wonderful because Gideon's conversation was like, I don't know if this is you talking, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I want you to uh, do, do something for me. And, and so God does what Gideon asks. And then, then even then Gideon says, I still don't know if that was you. And so I'm going to ask you to do something again. And God does it. And then Gideon 
begins to mobilize the children of Israel to go and fight the Midianites. And what happens is, is all these people show up for battle, like 33,000 people show up to go fight the Midianites. And Gideon says, there's too many people here for this. And because there's so many of you that we're going to think that we did it ourselves. And we need people to see that this was God who worked on our behalf. And so through a series of events, they take this army from 33,000 all the way down to 300 people. <laughs> Sounds like the Lord to me, doesn't it? You've got too many people. Let's change this a bit so that everybody knows that it's me working on your behalf. 300 people, they go out. The end of the story is they, they, they conquer this other army through miraculous ways and things that are done. And they don't have to do a whole lot. The armies begin to attack each other. But there was, in total, there was like 135,000 soldiers of the enemy that died because these people trusted God. And so when it says that you will break the oppressor's rod like you did in the days of Midian, this is the story that it's referring to. How God worked in overwhelming circumstances when it looked like there was no way God showed up and worked on their behalf. We live in days and ages where it looks at times like we are just sunk and God can't do anything and nobody can do anything. And God wants to remind us that he is still here to show up in our lives and do a work just like he has done before so much so that you can only say this was done by the hand of God I want you to go with me to one more passage of scripture I want to go to Matthew chapter 11 and Pastor Jen actually referred to this during worship Jesus the yoke breaker the burden lifter, the oppressor destroyer. This was prophesied about Jesus mm, 750-ish years before this comment Jesus makes that we're going to look at. 750 years is a long time, right? In Matthew chapter 11, the prophecy in Isaiah says that there is one coming that is going to break the yoke of our slavery and is going to lift our burdens. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus is speaking. And what does he say? He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. We were just talking about this earlier this week and one of my favorite things to reference and point out in this passage of scripture is Jesus not saying, Come to me, and I'll take your burdens away and go have a nice day. What he says is, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry burdens, and I'll give you rest. And he says, my yoke is easy. 
which means that he replaces the yoke that many of us are walking around with, the things that we are yoked to and shouldn't be yoked to. He takes those things from us and he puts on us his yoke. And his yoke is easy to bear and his burden is light. It's not just dumping your burdens. He exchanges yokes. It's a yoke exchange program. That's what it is. It's a yoke exchange program. <laughs> yeah. His yoke for ours. Your burden for his freedom. Your weariness for his yoke of rest. This word, he says, he says you will find rest for your souls. That word rest is the Greek word mm, anapao, and it means cessation from toil. And then it also means refreshment. The yoke that you receive when you come to Jesus is a yoke of refreshing. Does anybody need to be refreshed? In our last few minutes here today, I want to do something. <clears throat> because another thing that I like to point out, can you put this back over there? Thank you, sir. Another thing I want to point out to you is that Jesus is talking, and the first three words in that passage are, come to me, come to me, come to me. Who, who is the responsibility on to go to Jesus? It's not a trick question. <laughs> I don't want to answer. I don't know the answer. <laughs> because in church, the answer is always Jesus. But <laughs> Jesus is talking and he says, come to me. So the emphasis is on Bo. When Jesus says, come to me, who is he talking to? The choice is on each and every one of us to come to Jesus. If you're weary, if you're carrying a burden, Jesus says to you today, I want to remove those burdens. I want to remove the heavy burden that you're carrying. I want to break the yoke of slavery in your life. The things that you're tethered to, that my, my journey to the cross set you free from, the blood that was shed, the new covenant that was created, the thing that I came to earth to do, when I went to the cross and I gave my life for you, I broke the yoke of that slavery in your life. And so what he says today is, I want you to come to me and partake in the yoke exchange program. And I want you to give me your heavy burdens. And I, when you come to me, will give you my burden. And my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Stand up with me. And here's what I want to do. do. Do we have bold followers of Jesus? Are, are you 
so hungry for God to work in your life that you will do whatever he wants you to do? (laughs) Everybody's like, what are you going to ask us to do? I just want everybody to start jumping. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help, but when I look at the gospels, I see people running to find Jesus all the time. They're stopping him in his tracks. They're crawling through the crowds. They're breaking all the rules because they know if they get to Jesus, that they will receive what he has for them, the freedom, the life, the wholeness. And so I don't want you to do anything crazy. Don't worry about it. But what I do want you to do is sometimes there is a step of faith that is required for you to show yourself. Like I said at the very beginning, we're going to pray and I want you to, I want you to do something. Like put your hand on your heart or raise your hand as, as a sign of, yeah, this is me as well. I'm participating in this. And so all I would like you to do is, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. If you're in this place today and you have a burden that you are carrying, that you know that you shouldn't be carrying, you don't need to be carrying, but you just can't let it go. If you are in this place today and you are still yoked to something that you know that is not of him and you say, I need to be broken of this yoke. I need Jesus, the yoke destroyer, to come into my life and get rid of this thing. I need to give this to him. If that's you, I want you, like he said, come to me and I want you just to come down here to the front as a sign of you coming to Jesus so that you are coming to him so that you are taking steps to put your faith into action does that make sense so if you're here and you say I need that I want you to come on down here now yeah come on Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come on, scoot to the scoot closer, so everybody can find room up here. Jesus, Jesus. I'm going to pray for you in a second. But before I do, I want you to out of your, if you're down here at the front, I want you to say out of your own heart, on your own mouth, words have power, guys. Words have power. And so they're important. 
And so I want you to say out of your own mouth, Jesus, I come to you with heavy burdens, with yokes, and I come expecting for you to exchange them with your yoke, with your life, with your freedom. So Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for every person that is up here right now. Father, I thank you that by your spirit, you are the yoke breaker. That you are the burden lifter. And I thank you right now that you are breaking yokes off of people's lives, things that we are connected to, that we should not be connected to. You are breaking those things right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that you are lifting the heavy burdens that cause us to be weighed down. That there is freedom in you. Your word says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so, Father, I thank you right now that you are replacing these yokes and you are replacing these burdens with your yoke and with your burden and with your life and with your freedom and with your wholeness in every area right now. In the name of Jesus, we all said, Amen. You got something? Close your eyes with me. We're going to sing a song in a second. But I want you, again, with your own words and your own mouth, to say this. Father, I receive my freedom and I receive your yoke which is light and free in Jesus name we all said amen 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 let's worship together Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that His Spirit, His love, and His life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.